stage, Mike Zakarian. Morning. What's up, everybody? Happy Thursday. Welcome back. Welcome back. A fun one today. We're going to just quickly hit on uh, last night's NBA action. Then we're going to bring on Weisberg, who's going to talk to us about a few things going on in the Weisberg world of hoops. Uh, excited to be back. I think you're fighting a little bit of a bug, I think. Woke up with a little bit of a bug, or maybe we've just talked too much, as this, I believe, is our, what do we do, two, four, five, six show of the week with three coming at you tomorrow, plus a couple of in-real-life shows. I think we, we might just be, you know, we're not used to this high usage rate. We need a load management day soon. Uh, who do we got here in the streets? We got Sneeps here, Jump Shooty. Uh, Snoopaloop, yeah, check your wipers day. Make sure, make sure you do that. Make sure you do that. We the people, I'm going to talk about this in a second. The common man's here. Sneeps is here. Ooh, who else we got? Patrick, Coach Stark in the house. Let's go. T-Man's here. Bottom line, good to see you. Uh, do me a favor. If you're just getting here, like the stream. If you're new here, make sure you hit that subscribe. Look, we're at 10,788. So we're just creeping along to 10,800. Soon to be 11,000. We love it. We love it. We love it. All right, real quick. Before we get into last night's NBA action, I saw the, we the people's comment about the Kelly Oubre stuff. And I know, listen. I know conspiracy stuff is fun. It's nice to get into the weeds. Let's just real quick, real quick. My guy just moved to a new city, right? He hasn't been in Philadelphia that long. For those of you that live in the sticks, it's pretty easy to be like, oh, yeah, there's Main Street, and then there's Thompson Circle, and then there's Canal Ave, right? That's like the three streets you have. If you live in a city, there's just like, like I'm in Astoria, right? And there's 23rd Street, but there's also 23rd Ave. And if you go one block further, there's 23rd Lane. So it's very confusing. Philadelphia, very similar. Lots of stuff going in and out. He got hit by a car and then was asked by the police, where did you get hit by a car? He had a broken rib. He had a broken rib. There's nothing to it. Maybe he said Thompson and it was Carter, right? That's probably what happened there. The poor guy had to release his ring camera footage showing him coming back with his bike and a broken rib. I, guys, I promise. It wasn't like, yeah, dude, he was doing heroin on 4th Ave. But he didn't want anybody to know he was doing heroin on 4th Ave. I promise. I promise. If you got hit by a fucking car, it might be tough to tell him exactly where you got hit by that car immediately after getting hit by said car. So I don't know. I, I would just, I would pump the brakes. I'd pump the brakes before it'd be like, did he get touched? Did he get touched? And he didn't want to say he got touched. Like, let's just, you know. Let's calm down on Ubre. Fucking Nick Nurse is answering questions about it in the press game. Well, I, I believe my guy Kelly. Of course you do, because he got hit by a car. He got hit by a car. God, we're asking the guy who got hit by a car. Like, hey, where did you like, Who cares? Who cares? Unbelievable. You know what you should care about? You should care about Joel Embiid trying to be able to back down Al Horford. That's what you should focus your questioning around. Not Kelly Oubre getting hit by a car. Get well soon, Kelly Oubre. Fucking psychos of the internet. Uh, all right, let's get into some of last night's NBA action, shall we? Shall we? Also, tomorrow, just a reminder, three shows coming at you tomorrow. NBA Bit will be back at 9 a.m. I'm sure it's going to be a condensed, condensed and weird one in the morning because we only have two games tonight. Uh, and then we'll have the underdog happy hour makes its triumphant return at 3 p.m. And then 5.30 we'll have live before lock. I think we'll have it with uh, George and Ghost as uh, TSC is still prancing around Portugal. Uh, yeah, Matthew Harrison. Is Kelly Oubre Damar Hamlin? Here's my thesis, right? That's basically, that's the energy the internet loves to bring. And honestly, it's on us for engaging with it. I just couldn't believe Oubre had like released his ring camp footage. What are we doing? Um, all right, let's go. Celtics Sixers last night. This was pretty fun. Um, so, uh, Chris Stapps Porzingis ruled out, uh, Jalen Brown ruled out. I think we, it kind of seemed like, uh, Brown was going to miss all day long. We kind of like projected that he was going to miss and some of the stuff that we were doing. Um, I was kind of surprised by the Porzingis one. And I, I think the most shocking thing of the whole, the whole game uh, was that Embiid played the back-to-back -back after being questionable on the front end of the back-to-back. -back. Like, he was questionable both days. He got a late Q tag yesterday. Like, I think around, like, 2 p.m., they were like, oh, Embiid's questionable tonight. Um, and then ended up suiting up. Uh, I Okay, so this is, if you are, so the Celtics win this game 117-107. And if you are a Celtics fan, you're like, dude, we just beat the supposed best team in the Eastern Conference without two of our top five or six, right? 
If you're the Sixers, you can be like, you know what? We were on a back. We just played the Pacers who were running 17 miles a game, right? They're just fucking zipping around. Uh, they're on a back-to-back. So you're like, whatever. You either Both teams should feel fine. Uh, the one interesting thing about that I found was that Maxie was put on Drew Holiday early in the game. And Drew Holiday is like, call me Big Daddy when you back that ass up. He was just backing it down on Maxie uh, early in the first quarter. Just like, oh. Oh, expect that ass up. Uh, and then when in there, Holiday's defense was incredible in that game. Uh, Al Horford, too, man. Al Horford was like, uh, you know, he's like, this is an old man Horford night. You don't need me every night, but tonight's the night. Uh, and he kind of slowed down Embiid. Embiid, I think at lowest scoring output of the season so far, he had 20 points, still had nine boards and seven dimes. Max, he had 20 and four. But it was Derek White season. Derek White dropped 27 and five. Uh, Drew Holiday had a double double with 18, 10, and three. And then Tatum, Tatum's uh, continuing to get points uh, without hitting threes. I feel like he's been just building brick houses out there with his three point shot. Still finished the game with 29, eight, and six. It was a good win for the Celtics, though. I mean, to be shorthanded against this Sixers team. Uh, but again, the Sixers out, Kelly Oubre, and also back to back. But in Philly, you know, the Celtics were able to get up, and, and the defense was the thing that really stood out. I mean, I know they still gave up, what was it, 107 points, but when they were able to really, like, buckle down and just make things difficult, like Maxi uh, in the first matchup, right, Maxi just torched Holiday and White, was able to get to his spots, get any shot that he wanted, and last night that wasn't the case. They really, like, made him, they mucked it up. And same thing with Embiid. Like, Horford really slowed down, slowed down Embiid last night, and uh, it's... You know, Al's getting older, but I, I, one thing that hasn't changed is like when we go up, when we, me and the Boston Celtics, when the Celtics go up against like a talented big, whether it's Embiid or Giannis or, I mean, I guess even Jokic, like Al still is is a sharp defensive player and was able to slow him down. So good good win for the Beantown boys. Good win for the Celtics. Um, and then Sixers, yeah, I wouldn't, I really want to panic about what happened with Philly. I mean, you're still... Still in great shape. Back to back. It was like a scheduled loss. We had a couple of scheduled losses out there last night. We'll get to uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves here in a little bit. Uh, let's start with the drop because no Kyrie Irving. So we know that means it is Luka Magic time. If it's like this for you guys right now, my videos are on a little bit of a delay there. I don't know if you saw me go like, fuck. Uh, but yeah, I don't know what's going on. But anyways, yeah, uh, Luca, Luca Ball, 26, 10, and 7. Uh, Derek Jones Jr. at 20 and 7. Uh, Tim, Timmy, Timmy had 31 off the bench. That was like the one bet that I felt like I hit last night was his over was at like 16 and a half when I found it. And I was like, come on, dude. He gets, he gets 17 a night without Luca and Kyrie there. Um, and then Kuz at 22 and six, Jordan Poole, six for 17 shooting. They, I, they are unwatchable. The Wizards, and I mean, that's not true. They are very watchable because they're fun. They're funny. Like they're bad. Um, they, I tweeted out last night that the, the Washington Wizards right now are that one like drunk YMCA rec league team that, you know, they, they're having a good time playing in the league, but like they always meet up at five o'clock for drinks after work. They're like, I don't have time to go home. Let's all go grab a drink or two. And then we'll play our rec league game. And I, I, I've done that. So I've been on that team. I know what that team looks like. And it looks like Jordan Poole and Kyle Kuzma. So, I mean, whatever. Like, good win for the Mavericks after getting their, their teeth kicked in the night before against the Pels. And the Wizards are like, hey, if, you get, if you've gotten your teeth kicked in, let us be your dentist. They're out there to make you feel better. They're a nice self-esteem booster. They are the, the therapy of the NBA. So congrats to Dallas for getting that win. Yeah, Lively was strong last night, too. Uh, but anyways, Luca, Luca did it all in like the third quarter. I think they had to bring, I mean, in the, the first two quarters, Luca was putting on a show that they didn't even need to use him in the third and the fourth. I think he came back in for like a couple minutes in the fourth quarter where it got a little tighter, but it was, that game was never in question. Uh, we did have a close game though. The Knicks, the Bing Bong boys in the ATL, a town down, uh, Knicks won 116, 114 guys. Listen, it's, we got to start giving Randall some love. 
Julius Randle's kind of on a heater right now. Uh, last night he had, let me look that up real quick, 29, 10, and 8. But the last couple of games, let's just like real quick, we'll look at his last five over here on Basketball Reference, right? So his last five dating back uh, to the game against the Clippers, right? Against the Clippers, he dropped uh, 27 and 10. Against the Spurs, he dropped 23 and 16. Against the uh, Charlotte Hornets, he dropped 23 and 5, but did that in 27 minutes. Against the uh, Celtics, he dropped 25, 9, and 5. And then last night, uh, dropped 29, 10, and uh, I don't see the assists anymore. 20, oh, no, 29, 10, and 8, like I said. So Julius Randle's out there balling, all right? So we got to give some Randle, Randle some love. He came out and said recently, I don't know if it was in a podcast or a press game, uh, post-game press conference or something, but he, he basically said, hey, listen, I had ankle surgery, all right? It makes sense that I suck, all right? If you expect me to come back after putting knives in my ankles, then you know what? That's on you. And so it seems like he's getting a little bit, uh, he's getting healthier. He's looking fresh and frisky. So good game. Good game from regular season. Randall Jalen Brunsanity dropped 24 and eight RJ still battling the migraines. He missed last night. So IQ dropped 20 off the bench. And then you had, um, on the Atlanta side of things, Trey Young returned after I believe I didn't realize this. He missed a he missed the game because he had a child. So congrats to Trey Young. Uh, Trey dropped 15 points and 17 dimes. Bogdan had 28 off the bench, went eight for eight from the line, was out there working. I think it was 28 points in 27 minutes. And then Jalen Johnson continues to play well. 18 and five. Uh, shout out the Top Shot Common Man. I know he was saying, smash the overs last night. And he did. I think it was like 11 and a half, and he went for 18. So we love to see that. Good win for New York, though. Good win for the Bing Bong Boys. All right, Bucks and Raptors. Giannis, who was listed as probable to start today. He was easily my number one pick, an underdog early on. And then all of a sudden they were like, JK, LOL, LOL, LMFAO, uh, ROFL, whatever whatever else you want to come up with. He sat for load management. Dame time made his return, though. And, you know, Toronto does play pretty solid defense. So I was curious. I was like, listen, if Dame can't do it now, is he going to do it at all this year? And he answered that question because in very limited minutes, he played 31 minutes. Well, not very limited, but played... 31 minutes, dropped 37 points and 13 dimes. It was basically the entirety of the offense, and all of his dimes seemed to go to Malik Beasley, who was hot from three. He dropped 30 and four. Bobby Portis had 18 and seven, and this is the second time in two weeks. <laughs> Brooke Lopez is just a block machine. He had seven blocks, did it for Mickey last night. I also want to shout out Darko, because as this game was getting blown out, I had a lot of Scotty Barnes stock last night. Uh, and I was like, man, I can't believe I'm like, Scotty was off to a good start. I can't believe I'm not going to get there with Scotty. And Darko said, hold my beer. I watched a lot of Nick nurse tape. Scotty's going to play the entire fourth quarter, even though they're getting their dick kicked. And that's what happened. Scotty Barnes still dropped uh 29, nine and seven uh, Pascal. However, spicy P no, he didn't get a lot of run. Uh, Tesla in the chat saying worst defensive game of the year uh, for the raps, perhaps Dame's best game is a buck. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's like a tweet with a handshake emoji, right? Um, and it was so good to see Dame back. I, you know, it was kind of fun for a second being like, watch the Bucks get cooked. Uh, basketball is more fun when Dame's out there just doing Dame shit. So Dame was good. Yeah, Snoop Loop says Bucks are back. Watch out, Miami. That's famous last words. Don't do that. Don't poke the Miami bear. Just let them dress in white. Hashtag heat culture. Sipping on uh, mojitos. All right. But a uh, good win for Milwaukee. Normal stuff from Toronto, I think. I think, like, when you see Giannis is out, the Raptors are probably stretching out, being like, we got this. Uh, and then they they didn't. Uh, Magic beat the Bulls 96-94. Bulls in disarray. Uh, looked like they were going to sneak out a W there. And then Paolo Bancaro with uh, just a couple of seconds left, backs down the defensive god of Alex Caruso, gets a nice little roll um, uh, to take a two-point lead with, like, a second left. Patrick Williams dribbles too much uh, and doesn't get a shot off. They get the W. Uh, I, you know, everybody on Chicago is going to be gone. It seems like Le, it'll, Levine will be first. I saw, I was listening to, fuck, I'm not going to be able to give them credit now. It was, oh man, just people saying like, hey, uh, I think, I, I think people are going to be surprised at what the Zach Levine trade stock is. And I think it's a combination of like, Teams that are trying to win championships, I don't know if Levine is the right fit for how much money he makes. Like it's a ton of money, so you're going to have to give up a ton of salary. Uh, and that means it's either a bunch of guys making $4 million a year, or it's like one guy making twenty five, and then another. You know, it's, it's going to be a, you're going to have to gut depth in order to bring Zach Levine on. Uh, I imagine that it's. It is uh, Caruso that's going to bring the most value. DeRozan will be out there. I, I know there was a lot of like 
rumblings or the Warriors a landing spot for one of those guys. I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit more later. But good win for Orlando. They are back up over 500 games. We'd love to see it. Three games left, baby. Three games left. Uh, Suns and the Wolves. Uh, I said this earlier in the day that I, I was kind of staying away from Ant-Man and underdog stuff because I thought this was a scheduled loss. Like I didn't think, I don't think this is an indictment on Minnesota or that Phoenix is back, baby. But I was like, dude, they just played two very competitive games against the uh, Warriors. They got in a fight in one of them. Juices running high. They had a big tough W in their last game. Back to back, they go to Phoenix. It's like, they're going to lose this game. And they did. And they did. Uh, weird, weird reporting yesterday. I won't even say reporting, but uh, Shams, uh, tweets out a photo of the big three. Finally, the debut of the big three. Bradley Beal's in. Devin Booker's in. Kevin Durant is in. And then Vominos. Uh, I don't know why we said Vominos. That doesn't that doesn't fit there. But uh, Bradley Beal ruled out with some more back stuff. Uh, so didn't matter though. KD and Booker looked good. They said Booker was going to be on a minutes restriction, so he was motivated to be efficient. I guess uh, Booker had thirty-one five and four. KD also had thirty-one six and six. Easily Ant Man's worst game. He only had thirteen points. Carl Anthony Towns though continuing to get out there and do some work. He had twenty-five and seven. But uh, the man doing work last night was Drew Eubanks, who put Cat on an absolute poster, just bodied Cat down low. But I think I'm going to start going on the other end of the spectrum of this. I think I'm going to start defending guys that get postered because at least they're trying to defend, you know? Cat at least put his body out there instead of ducking out of the way. Good win for Phoenix. Scheduled loss for Minnesota. I don't know. We move on. Uh, two games left. We'll we'll finish with Kings Lakers. So let's go to Cavs and Blazers. Uh, Cleveland won 109-95. No Darius Garland last night. Uh, Mobley had a pretty good game. Uh, he had 21 and 12, a uh, handful of blocks too. Was doing a little bit of everything. Honestly, was showing. I know we like to say he's got no bag. He was showing some bag like things. So shout out to Portland Trail Blazers for making you feel like you got a bag again. Uh, Donovan Mitchell at 34, 6 and 4. Karras gave him 17 and 8 off the bench. Uh, nobody really did anything for the Blazers. Jeremy Grant had 17. Uh, Sharp had 11 points on 2 of 12 shooting. Uh, is, uh, is Mobley a bust? No. No, Mobley's been playing like really good basketball. I mean, Mobley's not Jokic. Like he's not out there uh, uh, whining and dining with the ball and, and stuff. But he, I mean, he's one of the better defenders in the league. And uh, he, he just, his if he, like he becomes a great player, if he can extend his range. I wouldn't say he's a bust though. I mean, maybe he's a bust because Bill Simmons was like, he's the next Tim Duncan. Right. He said that before he played a game, I think, or like two weeks into the season. Maybe that's why he seems like a bust. Um, but there we go. Yeah. Finally, a game where he created a couple. Yeah. I, I like, I know we're saying this jokingly. He really did. There was a couple of like, and I think because the bar is so low, um, the bar was so low for him to look like he had a bag. He really did have a couple of like really nice moves. Uh, anyways, I, there's, you know, no time Lord. He's out for the year. Brogdon, it looks like is going to be coming back soon. He was questionable heading into last night. Uh, still no scoot for another week or so. Simons is still out for a little bit. So whatever dumpster fire last game of the night, like the mother beam, the Kings won 125, 110. Uh, dude, Sabonis took it to Anthony Davis. Now, one thing to put out there, like, listen, same thing with the Timberwolves, right? This was a back-to-back -back for the Lakers. The Kings are fresh. Fox is fresh. Uh, but, man, Sabonis just took it to Anthony Davis. AD got dinged up early in the game. That, so he's been battling that hip abductor, right? He missed a game, and then he came back, was a little rusty. Then he looked like Bill Russell. And then uh, last night he got hit early in the game. And he just didn't see – like, he only took nine field goal attempts. Uh, and he finished the game with nine points uh, – Nine points, nine rebounds on nine shots. Like it was kind of a, a bad game from him, but Sabonis was just bodying him down low. Sabonis had 29 points, 16 boards, seven dimes, four stocks. De'Aaron Fox, just the fastest man alive. Doc Rivers, man. Doc Rivers took a Viagra before that game because he was hard as hell talking about De'Aaron Fox. But Fox had 28, five and five. And then Kevin Herter, Kevin Herter had 28, seven and four. Also, shout out LeBron. Uh, this game looked like it was out of hand. They were down like 26 at one point. Uh, heading into the fourth, uh, Darvin Ham was like, hey, what if we put AD and LeBron out there for the first five minutes and see what happens? And LeBron took over, finished the game with a triple-double, 28, 12, and 10. Also had five stocks to, to boot. Um, and then they, they got it down to, I think they got it down to like eight at one point. Maybe it was 12, something like that, where it got a little spicy. And then, uh, you know, Keegan Murray had a couple of big plays in the fourth quarter. Good win for the Light the Beam Bros. That was last night's action in 20 minutes, baby. 
In 20 minutes, that was all last night's action. Tonight, we have two games. We've got OKC against is it OKC Golden State, and then it's Miami-Brooklyn, I think. Those are the two games that we have tonight. Um, I don't know. I'm not really excited about either of those, especially because we have no Steph Curry, no Draymond. OKC should should do work. And then Miami-Brooklyn, I just can't get excited for. So that's the two games we have tonight. We're going to take a quick break. Then we're going to bring on Mike Weisberg, talk about a couple of things that have been sticking out to him. If you're just joining us, hey, like the stream, subscribe. Uh, there's no giveaway. I was going to say hashtag something. There's no giveaway. Let me take a quick break. We'll do a so rare ad read and we'll come right back. Today's NBA bit is brought to you by so rare daily fantasy sports is annoying. Constantly paying attention to injury news. Who's starting, who's sitting and just having to remember to enter your lineups each and every day with so rare. You just have to enter your lineup once for each game week. And instead of having to pay an entry fee each time you enter a contest with so rare, once you buy your cards, the tournaments are free each game week you'll have a chance to win more card rewards to bolster up your roster and this year so rare is introducing cash prizes so sign up for so rare today using the link in the description and they'll start you with 20 free common cards and by using our link once you buy five cards from auction they'll give you a six one free so sign up for so rare today and see if you can take down mike so all right, welcome back. We got Weisberg with us. Mike, how are we doing, man? We're back, baby. Mike, we're back. Thanks, back. For, thanks for getting up early today, dude, and for the playback work. Uh, playback is back on Friday for some more in-tournament action, right? Yes, yes. Uh, Friday, I believe we have, what, uh, Zion and what was the game that I, I posted to you this week? Um, yeah, here, I can pull it up. You got, you got uh, is it the Nuggets and the, um, the Nuggets oh, yeah, and the Pels? Yep, that's what it is. It'll be fun. I'm pretty excited. Snapes and I have been putting in work over there. Uh, it's been a fun last couple of weeks. Uh, for those of you who are in chat, come hang out. Yeah, come go watch playback. Go sign up. We're I think just at 525, maybe just north of that. Uh, yeah, we've we, we've added about 10 members over the last two weeks. So we'll get yeah, that. it's great. It's great. Um, all right, so this is what I figured we could do. I when uh, we talked about you jumping on again today, why don't we? Uh, I was like, just do, what what are some things that have been sticking out to you? Uh, first couple of weeks in. Uh, so take it away. What what's the what's number one? I think we got to talk Dre first. Um, yeah. I, I know you didn't talk about it in the open. Uh, we were saving it for this discussion. Yeah, um, it's mind boggling that we're here again, right? On some level, we we all knew it was coming. And the funny thing was with the Warriors, right? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna victory lap yet, but we, I'm I'm starting to walk the track a little bit. <laughs> you know, like. I'm I'm not quite there in saying that my take that I thought the Warriors would be closer to a sixth seed, right? Than what a top three top three team, a real title contender, but like they got real issues. And while Draymond has played really well, it, he's played well in the minutes that he's played in, mm -hmm. and that's going to be the problem here. And his behavior has become increasingly unacceptable. And when we talk about the incident with Gobert. The frustrating thing to me, and look, I, I don't like people moralizing about the NBA because I, I think it can get very weird. Um, but like, he very clearly went after Gobert because it was Gobert. It was this wasn't about standing up for you, guy. This wasn't about like Rudy Gobert might have had his arm around Clay in one frame. No, right. he saw Rudy Gobert like trying to pull his guy away and he saw a chance to take a shot and he took it. Like that's all this is. Let's yeah. Be very clear. They don't like each other. There is a long history of them not liking each other. Yeah. Draymond I mean, saw an opportunity to take him out and did it. I think if you, I think, I think it was no dunks who talked about it a little bit yesterday. Um, where if you, I, I think it, just like watching his own teammates reaction to what was going down and Steve Kerr's reaction, that kind of says it all, right? Like, nobody was like yeah get him <laughs> like everybody everybody was like hey what are you doing man get off him like uh it did it felt it was like it was kind of eerie watching it um but yeah we haven't even said yet uh so draymond got suspended five games right i was thinking it was going to be in like the three to three range and i thought that would have been like the the cap of it five was i imagine had a lot to do with you know uh previous behavior conduct detrimental to the team if you will but uh but yeah, five games for them, and that like that's 
you know, I know it's early in the season. There, I believe they're six and six right now. They have OKC yeah. tonight. Steph's missing tonight's game. I guess he misses maybe one more game to max, but they said it wasn't too serious. So hopefully he's back soon. It's Draymond five straight games with Draymond. And I mean, he is, you know, he's their second best player right now. And that speaks more to what's been going on with everybody else on the team. Like clay, Chris Paul Wiggins, they've all been like pretty, pretty bad. And so now you're down Steph, you're down Dre. I mean, like they're, they're going to be, you know, down in like Clipper territory for the next couple of weeks, and they're going to have to battle themselves back. But yeah, the Draymond stuff's weird, and it's it's just kind of it's no longer surprising. It's no longer you know fun. Like it's you know there some you know he's kicking people in the balls. That makes me laugh. Like I I can watch that. And then I I think the the Sabonis stomp you can like justify in a couple of ways. We're like, well, he was kind of tangled up a little bit. He was back whatever. This one was this one was. I don't want to like overreact to it and be like, "Ooh, this is a darker one," but it did. It just felt different. Well, the to your point on Kerr, the fact that Kerr had to keep saying "let him go" and walked with him saying mm -hmm. "let him go" is a problem. Yeah. Like, I'm sure the league looked at that and they were like, "Hey, man, like th this is not good." By the way, just a quick note on Kerr. Did Did you see Kerr's post game press conference after that? Uh no, I didn't. It, it was weird. So like. He, he basically, he didn't defend Dre, mm -hmm. but basically he was like, yeah, Clay had his, or sorry, Draymond went after him because our end of bench guys saw that uh, Gobert had his arm around him. And it's like, for a guy who, whenever he has an opportunity to speak up for the good of the league, and I think Steve's an awesome dude. Yeah. Like, consistently Steve Kerr backs Draymond in ways that are like, uncomfortable yeah like, i mean like what what's his option though? is what's the option uh, that he has there though maybe the option is like you know what you go look dre's behavior was unacceptable tonight period point blank you know i i understand why he did what he did because he thought he saw uh you know go bear with his armor on clay so he went off but the behavior itself is increasingly unacceptable something like that yeah like, yeah. you, you, I mean, look, they didn't punish Draymond after the, the pull punch last year. Right. And they defended their conduct there. Yeah, and that's it's like, true. I, that they, one makes more they, sense to me to be like, what the hell, Steve, than this. This past one, I, I feel like, is a little bit tougher. And I don't I, I know we talked about uh, Miles Bridges a little bit yesterday and about, like, well, what's the coach supposed to do that? Like, I, to, I don't think those are the same at all, right? Like, right. I think right. domestic violence is the thing you can talk about where, like, this, I'm, I'm like, I kind of understand a little bit more. Also, one note about that yesterday, the reporter, I shared this in the Discord because we were talking about how those quotes from Steve Clifford were taken out of context. The reporter that asked the question uh, shared people saying that and being like, I asked the question. This was within the context. Like the yes. reporter who's asked it was like, no, 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 no. That's within context. So um, I thought that was funny. But yeah, I mean, to your point, I mean, I guess I, I guess I, I hear what you're saying where it's just kind of like, because that this, this type of like ejection technical, like this was obviously – you know, on steroids compared to what we normally see from Draymond. So I guess there, there was probably a, a more, uh, more political answer that Steve could have uh, given us. Yeah. And, and it's, it's funny with Steve, cause he's used to giving a political answer once or twice. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the, as far as the Warriors go, I, I think the, the bigger question for them is Pajemski, Pajemski is going to be getting a look here. Yeah. So he had a great game the other night after all the ejections, it, it was kind of shrouded in, in, you know, everything else that happened in that game. Mm -hmm. but he looked great. And by the way, he's the only warrior who scored over 20 points this year. Yeah. Which is insane outside of staff. Um, so it's what who do you think loses minutes though for them if it's because I, I was seeing something they were like, oh, that means Moody's minutes are on the line. And I was like, but Moody, Moody's been their best bench player so far. Do they bench Wiggins? Yeah, I don't. But I think if they bench Wiggins, they're giving up on the seat. Like uh, they, if they have any shot at a ceiling, it's not because Pajemski outplays Wiggins. Like they need Wiggins out there. You know what I mean? Like I'm not saying that he's playing well, um, but that he, uh, you know, you know what I mean. Also, keeper Sarge scored exactly scored 20. twenty. Yeah, he's saying yes, more than twenty. But I'm, I'm the, technically the stat is over twenty points. But yeah, you're, you're, you're not wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, one one last thing on Dre. Um, because Rudy Gobert's comments post game were epic. <laughs> yeah, that's um, pretty funny. But 
the one thing that he said more than anything anything else that I think got NBA Twitter kind of going yesterday was uh, this comment on basically like that if Steph's not playing, then Dre's going to try to get kicked out. Right. And uh, yeah, it looks like the NBA, like there's been a little bit of research on that front. And roughly, I want to make sure I have the tweet right here. Okay, I have it. Um, This is from Daily Dunks. Green has been ejected in 9% of his games without Curry. 7 out of 74 in that span. He's been ejected in seven of his last 11 games where Steph hasn't played. That's crazy. Green has gotten ejected from just 2% of his games with Curry. Three out of 160 out of the last five years. That's an insane stat. I mean, it's just insane that he's been kicked out that many times. Like that's that's so many. Like it, it's usually such a rarity to get tossed from a game, and we're in like you know we're talking percentages with Draymond. We're talking 10 percent of the time. If Steph's not playing, he's getting ejected. It's crazy. Over the last five years, that's nuts. That's great. Um, that's great. Yeah, it, it, we'll, we'll we'll get off the Dre topic. We'll get onto some more fun stuff. Um, I, I did want to talk about the Houston Rockets. Yeah. And I spent a good portion of last night and this morning watching video, understanding kind of where they are. And there are parts of them that don't entirely make sense. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they've won six in a row. They've beaten good teams, by the way. Beaten the yeah. Lakers, Kings twice. They beat Denver. the Nuggets, for example. And they beat Charlotte, too, but that's Ted's point. Um, they're the fifth best starting five in the league right now, according to net rating. They're minus or they're plus 17.9, which is nuts. Mm. Um, but basically, here's what they're doing: they're getting it done with elite defense. They're fourth in the league in, in defensive net rating behind the Wolves, Celtics, and Magic, and pretty mediocre offensive numbers, but they're playing it with a much slower pace. Yeah, they, they have the slowest pace in the league. And admittedly, there are parts of their offense that are a bit of a mirage would be the way I would frame it. Like Dylan Brooks is shooting over 53% from three. I don't expect that to hold up over the course of the year. Jalen Green shooting 40% from three. Do I think it's possible he stays over 40%? Maybe. I mean, Green's a good young player, top three pick. But like they're getting this done in a way that I think is surprising, but also sustainable in terms of the defense. The offensive numbers are going to normalize, but like this is a team that's going to be top six in the West. Like, I, I do think they're going to be way better than people thought. And I know we're only an eighth of the way through the year, but, like, a lot of what they're doing for this year, for this roster, is super sustainable. Sengun's been awesome. Uh, Dylan Brooks has been great, both offensively and defensively. Red Van Fleet's numbers are kind of off, off the board crazy for what he is. Like, mm-hmm. they're doing the thing, and it's just a matter of, like, whether they can maintain, I, I think they can. Mike, what, what are your thoughts, thoughts on the Rockets so far? Oh, I, yeah, I think, I mean, I think they've been playing tough. Um, I, and like Shingun, like you said, has been like really, really good. And that, I, I mean, I think he is there. He's like where their ceiling goes is how much Shingun and Jalen Green progress this mm-hmm. season. Um, I do think Fred's been great. I actually think Dylan's, I mean, I don't think it's gonna be over 50%, but I, I could see the three point percentage being higher than normal just because he's not, he seems to be in check, right? He's not chucking, he's not taking 22 shots a game. He's kind of, he's just being, been efficient on uh low, low shot, ta- shot taking or field goal. Attempts. Uh, he's, he's averaging eight, eight attempts a game. Yeah. But I think, uh, but like, if you look at his last couple of games here, well, I don't, I'm, I don't have it up in front of me, but let me pull it up real quick. I feel like his last, he had like one really hot shooting game where he went nuts. But I think for the most part here, uh, he's taken like his last five games. He was one for three, one for one, one for three, one for three, two for four. So I, he's not going like too crazy on him. Um, I, so when like looking at the standings, right. So you're saying top six, I, I don't think, I mean, right now they're ahead of teams like the thunder, the Kings, the warriors, the Lakers, the Suns. um, I, I could see them making the play, and I think they're like in that range. But even with the Warriors' woes right now, if they, I see the Warriors right in the ships, I think the Kings finish ahead of them, the Thunder finish ahead of them, and then like one of the Lakers or the Suns finishing ahead of them too. So, but I mean, I, but that's not, I mean, that's not to like poo poo it at all. I think they've been great. I just, I think I see them more of like on the lower end of that tier of teams. 
Um, but I think they're just going to play a ton of competitive teams. Like, I don't think anybody's going to be excited to play them if they come out as a seven seed. I don't think anyone's like, hell yeah, we have Houston, you know? Well, to me, they, they remind me a little bit of, of a lot of what the Knicks do. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Play it, play it at slower pace. We're going to grind you to death in terms of trying to be super efficient offensively as we mm -hmm. can. And defensively, we're going to beat you up. Yeah. Like, you know, they're with, with their backcourt. They're, that's a physical backcourt if a little undersized. And, like, they know what to do within the EMA system. And, it, and as those guys get more comfortable playing an EMA system, I think the offense will start to make, normalize the overall numbers, but I, th but I think they'll be more comfortable in their role. So, like, maybe top six is aggressive, but I, I just feel like this is a team that, like, people should be keeping an eye on. I, I know – we, we tend to look at bigger markets, and Houston actually is the fourth biggest media market in the country. Mm -hmm. But people haven't been talking about them, and you should be. So take note. Yeah, I think they have an identity for the first time in, you know, four or five years besides just being a bad team. I think that's what their identity was. And I think, I mean, I they they just have – I thought the conversation that Doc and Bill Simmons had yesterday around uh, Houston was pretty good. So if you guys want a further deep dive on it, I thought that was – I was pretty insightful just about like how, you know, the EMA has been empowered uh, both by like the organization and like just comes with some status. And I think that that's made a difference, especially having guys like Dylan Brooks and Fred who buy into a system that it like by having them buy in, you can't have like Shen Goon and Jalen Green wiling out because like the leaders of the team have bought in. So, uh, yeah, I dude, I'm with you. And I, that's again, that wasn't to say like. I wouldn't be like stunned if I saw them in top six, but I, I mean, I think I thought they were going to be like fighting for a 10 seed. Really? Like I thought I, I didn't, I thought they were going to be noticeably better, but I didn't, you know, but right now, I mean, I would take them over, you know, you see that like the way the Pelicans are playing, I would take them over them. Uh, I think they're, they're right in that range. That's seven to 10 range. I think, which is, I think saying a lot, saying a lot for, for like rare tailwind for T to W put it that way. Say yeah. that again. Rare tailwind for T to W, the uh, the owner of the the Rockets. Yeah, that's, that's kind <laughs> yeah. of if you know, you know thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, given the amount of money that that dude's lost recently. Right. Um, last team I wanted to talk about today is the Pacers, man. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be a conversation between the Pacers and the Heat. Stan, don't worry. Uh, next time I'm on, I'm, I'm going to talk extensively about the Heat because <laughs> I did a deep dive on them uh, last night. But, dude, Tyrese Halliburton, man, like. 24.7 points a game, 12 and a half assists on 50, 52, 43, 92 splits. Leading the league in assists. Paces are third in the East. Is what they're doing sustainable? I don't know, but it's fun as hell to watch. Yeah. You know, they're 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 first in offense, top 10 in net rating. Um, and despite the pace, and this speaks to the Halliburton part of this, they're first in assist to turnover ratio. Like yeah. so. Not only are they playing super fast, they're not going to turn the ball over, and they have a lead guard who now is on an all-NBA superstar status. And he's getting paid like it. But, like, Tyrese has been awesome through yeah, the I roughly mean 10 games. To speak to that ratio, like, well, I forget the stat that I shared yesterday, but over the last two games he had something like – you know, 52 and or no, something, I've something crazy where it was like 30 some odd assists with zero turnovers in his last yep. two games, which is so impressive because like, I know no dunks was talking about Mike Conley uh, going so long without uh, he had a turnover in like the first two minutes of the season and then didn't turn it over until they brought it up. But they like for them to play at the pace that they're playing at, obviously that leads to more turnovers. You look at like golden state when golden state plays fast, they're usually pretty loose with the ball. And uh, they, it's so impressive that they're able to to do that. And like to, to what you're saying, right. Is it sustainable? So they're seven and four right now. Uh, when you look at who, who they've beaten, right. They were fresh off of that Sixers W right. But they've beaten the bucks, the Sixers, the jazz, the Spurs, the Hornets, the, Oh no, I'm sorry. They lost to the Hornets. They beat the Cavs uh, twice. And then the wizards as well. So like, I, I mean, I don't know if they're going to be hosting a playoff series. I don't know if we're talking top four. Like I still imagine, teams like the Knicks uh and and like probably the and obviously the Bucks like uh, they cuz right now the Pacers Heat Bucks are all 7 and 4 with the Knicks Nets Hawks Magic all one game behind them. I imagine some of those teams surpass them, but they are super fun, man. And they here I have a, a plea for NBA Twitter and NBA media just in general. I don't think we need to talk about the Fox Halliburton trade anymore. 
Right. I don't think we need to do it. I think, you know, I don't think we have to like rebuild like, oh, everybody that said they got fleece can shut up. And then or being like, well, Halliburton wanted to stay. Why would you move? like I just don't think we have to do it anymore. We've talked about it for over a year now. I think both organizations are very happy with where they are. And I think we could just leave it. Both teams won. It's the yeah. rare time in the NBA where where both teams can close the book on it and be like, yeah, we did the job. And and like the Kings, obviously. You know, they make the playoffs for the first time in 20 years with mm-hmm. a bonus. That wins a trade for you right there. Right. You made the fucking playoffs, Kings. Light the bean. Congratulations. And it's been sustainable this year. Right. Um, so you're you're in good shape there. And then the Pacers, it's taking a little bit of time to mold this roster around Halley, but Matherin's been fucking awesome for them. Yeah, he's been good. Um, Bruce Brown has been a little banged up, but like has been pretty good for them, relatively speaking. I love what Miles Turner's done this year. Yeah. You know, like he's got 17 and he's averaging nearly 18 and eight this year. Like that's crazy. Yeah. And then Buddy Heald, you know, I know Heald was in trade talks last year, but Buddy's been really good too. But Buddy's averaging right now, uh, you know, 12, three and three, but like he's been super productive both offensively and defensively. Mm-hmm. You know, you watch their film. Buddy's defending at a pretty high level for what he is. Yeah, he's, ne- he's never going to be a top five defender, but what he does really well is he guards in space. He he doesn't dive over pick and rolls. Um, you know, relative to what he had done, say in Sacramento, um, he's just been good for them. So, like, I'm excited about where this Pacers team is, and it's something to watch in the East. Where you know, I think everyone talked about the Sixers, the Bucks, and the Celtics. Mm-hmm. And everyone is kind of left out that fourth team. I think, you know, whether or not it's the Knicks or the Pacers, but those are going to be the teams that are going to host. It's going to be one of those for a top four seed. I yeah. don't think it's going to be anyone else. Uh, you know, uh, I'm, keep, keeper, do your question in chat. Does you still want out? We don't know. Yeah, he said at the beginning of the season, right? At the beginning of the season, they were talking about it. Um, I imagine it has more to do with where they land come like January, if the Pacers are still sitting in that like four to six range and buddy's like, I'm happy coming off the bench and on a, on a playoff caliber team, I could see that. But I think if they come back to earth a little bit and are flirting more with like a back end of the play in or just the plane in general, I could see them trying to make a move because buddy would obviously be pretty attractive for a lot of like contending teams. And I mean, like Indiana could still get like real pieces back and knowing that they like, yeah, they could contend a little bit, this year for a playoff spot, but they're not like, you know, they're not like really making a deep run. I don't think so. Um, but yeah, who I'll be, I'll be curious to see how they, they handle the buddy situation. The, the only, I mean, I'll, I'll briefly talk about the heat. Shout out Stan loves. I'll see you in the chat. Um, how, how have you been feeling about Bam this year? Cause I mean, he's to been me, awesome. Bam has been playing at a defensive player of the year pace. And look, the heat have won their last six games. And you look at them both offensive and defensively, they've been great. Now, look, some of what the Heat have done over the past six, you look at that schedule, Yeah, it's been marshmallow soft. Right, it's Hornets, Spurs, uh, Hawks is a good dub, Grizz, Lakers is a good dub, Wizards. Like, yeah. you know. You know, they, they've won their last six, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> stay, in, stay in the chat. Weisberg told me the Heat, heat are, are not that talented. Two wins away from the almighty Celtics despite injuries. Yeah, but, like, not all wins are created equal. Like, the Heat need to go and, and beat teams like the Celtics and Philly and the Bucks in order to to really be a top-four team in this conference. Yeah, the but next couple said, of... Sorry, go. go. I know, I was just going to say, and their next couple of games, too, so they got, uh, in the next, like, two weeks, they've got Brooklyn twice, Chicago twice, they play both Cleveland and New York, and then it's, like, Milwaukee and back-to-backs against Indiana. So, yeah, I think we'll get a better feel for them. I, just real quick on Bam. I mean, Bam, uh, my, Bam's always been one of the best defensive players in the league, and weirdly, I think he's known as that, but still underrated as a defender. But my biggest frustration with Bam, and I, I think like most Miami fans would agree with this, is that he was just so inconsistent offensively. Like some nights you'd get something from him, and then other nights he'd just be a ghost. Uh, and he would do that both in the regular season and in the postseason. But 
to start the season, right? Like he's shooting, uh, also he's shooting 50% from three, which I think is funny, but he's 80% from the line, 52% from the field, but it's, he's, his career average in points is just under 15 and he's averaging 23. Uh, so like an eight point jump in the first 10 games of the year, he's also average, like he's averaging a double double. He's aver over 10 boards a game too. He's 23 and 10. And he just seems like way more confident and, like he just kind of he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's well, doing you, out there. You, you which... watch him in the flow of that offense. Yeah, and he's just so confident in what he's doing. Like he is a fulcrum of that Heat offense. Hmm. And when he when he is right and he is aggressive, there's not many better centers in the league. You know, you could you can go go with Jokic and Bead, and then bam, to me. Yeah, like you know, and and those two guys are MVPs. I'm not saying Bam is playing at an MVP level, but no, through 10 games, he's he's playing at an all NBA level. But he's it playing, cha it changes Miami's year level. It changes Miami's ceiling if he can yes. do this consistently. And I think that was always the biggest thing where you're like, How are you gonna get there? Like I guess you're just relying on playoff Jimmy all the time. I do if we wanna like throw some gasoline on Miami though, we could be like, Wow, once again, Tyler Hero misses some games and Miami rips off some W's. <laughs> Trade here. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that that's another concern. Uh Caleb Martin is back for them. Mm -hmm. Um, as as Stan noted in the chat. But they're good. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I mean, I, dude, I, Duncan Robinson's been great for them. Uh I as Stan just pointed out too, Hayward Highsmith into the starting lineup has kind of unlocked some stuff. Jaime Jaquez has been like awesome for a rookie, you know. Like I think he's been he's scrappy out there. I you don't want those dudes starting, but just knowing that they can come in and be competent for you guys, I think is, is what's important. Uh, yeah. I've been impressed with Miami. I thought Miami was going to flounder a little bit and then like get strong when they start off one and four. I was like, yeah, man, this is, this is what I thought was going to happen. Um, but they've been, they've been playing great here down the last few games, but uh, yeah, like you said, it, the, the schedule has been kind to him too. So I'm excited. To, I'm excited to see hero come back. Cause hero has been awesome. I do want to see him come back soon. And I think he's only going to be missing another week. Right. Correct. Yeah, so it, it it should be fun. You know, I, I think I know we were a little more East heavy this morning, but I think those are where the main stories should be right now. Yeah, it, like through ten games of the year, I think the surprises have been Houston, Indy. You know, you, we can float with with Minnesota as well because Minnesota, no, Minnesota's well, Minnesota been great. Is, yeah, um, I think it's sustainable as well. You know, who knows health with them, I think, is a big concern to me. Like, can Cats stay healthy over an entire year? Um, yeah. Is Gobert going to stay healthy? But, like, what they're doing has been pretty impressive, too. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited. You know, we're, we're an eighth of the way through the year, and we've seen some amazing stories. Our guy Jason Tatum's on an MVP level. Great yeah, wins for the Celtics, which is last night. It's been fun. Yeah, I was gonna. I was excited to ask you this, and then I looked at their upcoming schedule, and the answer's right in front of us. But I wanted to say, like, when do you think Clippers get their first W uh, with James Harden? Right, so they've lost six in a row now, five oh six straight, but five with James Harden. But they're next. They they've got Houston on Friday uh, at home, but then they've got a Monday, Wednesday at San Antonio, and oh. you can't lose both of those to the Spurs, right? You have to. But you have to. Huh? I mean. Would it, would it surprise us? I, I That would really surprise me if they lost both of those games. I could see them dropping one, uh, like, losing both. I, I, I mean, San Antonio has looked so fucking bad. I mean, I just don't think San Antonio – I think San Antonio can play one really good game. I don't think they can play two consecutive really good games. No, no. I mean, look, San Antonio – like, I've watched a lot of them this year on playback. They're a fun team to watch. Yeah. Uh, defensively, they're a mess. Uh they they do because they're a mess defensively. Have to employ a decent amount of zone. Some of yeah. that is Wemby too. Like they just like putting Wemby in spots where he can float a little bit. But like yeah. they just need to build that roster around him. And offensively, I don't know what they're actually doing. Like I, I it's a I just, lot of motion and cutting, but like no, offensively, they 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 they're, they're kind of lost. It is rough, man. It is rough, it, and it's not like fun. I I because I was excited to to fire up more of um more of the Spurs. Like when they, I was excited for the Thunder game, and it's just kind of like you said, they look lost. And I, you know, you have a couple of. It reminds me of a poker tournament, honestly, where like in poker, hours and hours and hours of poker tournaments are the most boring things in the world, and then you have like 
two minutes of insane intensity, excitement, whatever, and then you go back to boring. And that is what it's like been watching Wemby, where it's been just like a full quarter and a half of dog shit, and then you get like three good minutes. And I, what's weird is like I still do like pieces on that team. Like I like Keldon Johnson. I like Jeremy Sohan. Devin Vassell's been awesome. Like his shooting numbers have been great. But, man, I just uh, – they, they're just so bad. <laughs> So, so what, what we're doing is we're comparing uh, the Spurs to Phil Hellmuth losing his shit at the poker table. Is, is, is that where we're at? Because that's, that's a great comparison. Good excitement there. Yeah, yeah. Whenever Hellmuth loses his shit. Yeah, Phil Hellmuth. I'm trying to actually think of like what the better comp would be. Because I feel like Greg Popovich doesn't really show a ton of emotion. So maybe it's more like Phil Ivey, where Ivey is mm. just kind of like stoic and he looks very bored throughout most of it. Um I'm trying to think who would Phil Helmuth be like someone that Draymond probably, honestly, Phil Helmuth is probably Draymond um, where yeah. like very talented, but is obnoxious and just like freaks out and then has to apologize. Although I guess Draymond doesn't apologize. So that's true. At, at least Helmuth who sit there and be like, I got fucking beat. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. But awesome, dude. Well, we'll have to do this again soon. I know we uh, like, we talk about doing it either every Thursday, every other Thursday, whenever you got stuff to talk about, we'll bring you on. Um, and so, uh, playback, uh, playback dot, uh, no, I'm sorry. Team hold. Wait, what the playback playback dot TV slash team hold slash team hold. There's a link in the show notes, uh, Friday, eight o'clock Eastern 5 PM Pacific. You're back. You've been mostly doing like either Tuesday, Thursday, Tuesday, Friday, right. Depending on like, yeah, the yeah. It's, it's, it's been doing a lot of the national games. Now we floated with the in-season tournaments and we've done some Monday stuff too. Yeah. Um, I'm just enjoying the in-season, in-season tournament. I know we're we're up against it on time, but like, yeah, it's been intense and fun, and like so fun. these have been great games to go in between because like teams care, like they really want to get to Vegas. Yeah, honestly, it's made me. I kind of thought. I mean, I was excited to go to Vegas anyways, uh, and I was like, I can't wait to watch like the Rockets play the Spurs or something. Like that's kind of how I thought the in season tournament was going to go. Now I'm kind of excited. Like if we see a Celtics Sixers matchup or. Uh, I mean, the Wolves, I honestly, I would love to watch the Wolves live. Um, I, I feel like Minnesota does have a shot in like OKC. I'm like, now I'm like really hyped to be there for it. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It should, it, it should be fun. And like I said, come join us on playback, playback.tv slash team hold. We're going to be booking some guests soon. There you go. Um, so we got some stuff coming up there. And uh, just come hang out with me and Stapes. Awesome. Weisberg, thanks for coming on, dude. We'll wrap it here. Uh, appreciate everyone tuning in. Just a reminder, uh, that's it for today. Uh, tomorrow, we'll be back uh, uh, Friday, uh, the NBA bit. At 3 p.m., we have the Underdog Happy Hour. And then at 5.30, we'll be back for Live Before Lock. As I now, 80, what did I say? It was 86th place right now in the in-season So Rare tournament. So we are trying to get some dubs here. Um, but yeah, so we'll see everybody tomorrow. Weisberg, thanks for being here. Everybody have a great Thursday. We're out. Thanks. Later.